I'm very compelled by the idea that we can disengage and take some time to self-reflect, to notice what our edges are. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Radically Loved Radio. I wanted to create a place where people can go to to get inspired, get motivated, or find some clarity and get tools to create a radically loved life. I will do my best to provide information on a variety of subjects, including yoga, holistic health, life coaching, spirituality, meditation, and overall mindful living. Each episode will bring you some of the world's best spiritual leaders, entrepreneurs, yoga teachers, coaches, along with some of my closest friends, and we will talk about their life experiences and journeys to create something more out of their lives and how they continue to grow to make that happen. Thanks for listening. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Wisdom Wisdom Wednesday. Wednesday. (laughs) Everybody's still so annoyed at us for not not getting it right. Not getting it right and not being in unison for some reason. I will be apologizing in advance, you guys, because my neighbor is working on a project that involves wood and a table saw so um hopefully it's not too uh distracting for us but if it is then we will just i'll put the sort of elevator music on while we edit that out and then (laughs) i'm hearing jeopardy music in my head but yeah elevator music (laughs) so i first want to just begin by uh read that was a i was reading a couple of reviews from the podcast which still are so so helpful and they really just light me up they light tessa up they just make us so happy anytime we get emails or feedback from you guys because this is why we do what we do So uh, I wanted to read just a couple of uh, reviews from iTunes. Um, Cher Hale, I hope I'm saying your name right, said that as a parent and a business owner, it can be so easy for me to forget to take care of myself. But listening to the show always reminds me to focus on what matters and to make intentional decisions with my time. So grateful for Rosie and her work. That's very, very sweet. Mm -hmm. And... Another one is uh, I've been listening to Rosie for a while now and she is, I don't really like, I don't like to too much. This is where I start to get a little bit like awkward. Uh, (laughs) She asks the right questions and always leave inspired, feeling inspired and radically loved. Thank you, Rosie, for your wonderful content. That was from Sun Being. And there's a couple more on there, but I'll just stop there because then I don't want to. You know, if like you're feeding us, then we get a little too excited and we want to just stay humble, right, Tess? Yeah, I think humility is important, but so is confidence. And yeah, and, yeah it's it's good to strike a balance between the two for sure. Did you you're... see me like instantly get embarrassed as I was like, <laughs> your cheeks are very rosy, rosy. Uh-huh. <laughs> did you like that? Did I you did. see what? Do you see what I did there? I did. I did. <laughs> Uh, well, I'm enjoying myself a little cup of tea because uh, I'm still on uh, the recovery road from COVID. So mm-hmm. that's been going uh, in a very interesting way. But a topic that came up over the last week, and we kind of touched on it last week, is the concept or the emotion of anger. Mm. Yes. Uh, 
Yes. Such a good topic. Very much. (laughs) And so I wanted to talk about it today because I figured what better way to cultivate wisdom than to talk about the things that lead us to it sometimes. Mm -hmm. And I really do love that. Um, it's It's a quote from Buddha that says that you will not be punished for your anger you'll be punished by your anger Mm. and i always think about that every time i get angry so just a little bit of a backstory i'll give you guys just a quick story on my experience with anger when i was a teenager i had to go to court-ordered anger management because Mm. apparently i was very angry (laughs) and interestingly enough it still is very much a default state of mind to go into that space Albeit now, I can handle it a lot better because I have tools and all of this really great stuff and experience and what have you. But when I was a teenager, a lot of that anger was stemming from seeing and experiencing such chaos when I was a child. Seeing so much injustice, seeing the senseless loss of life, being able to be in an environment where... I didn't understand, especially in a devout Catholic household, how God would allow such atrocities to happen on a daily basis. And my family is Hispanic, so we would watch the Spanish news, which have way different censorship type of (laughs) protocols than the news media that we see here. I mean, they really Mm -hmm. show everything. And as a child, you really grow up thinking that things are just very horrific and tragic. Mm. And what I learned as I got older is that what you'll always find what you're looking for. Mm. Yeah. And so for me, being a teenager and being very angry was definitely something that I, um, I related to. I was, I, I became my anger. I, I didn't know how to manage it. And it took a couple of years of all the tools and therapy and being able to talk about it that I finally got to this place where the remedy for me was definitely self-inquiry was to inquire where the anger was coming from. I never understood that, especially as a teenager, right? Mm -hmm. Your therapist says, well, where is that coming from? You're like, open your eyes. Do you understand (laughs) what it's like to like, yeah, grow up in a situation like this, or just be in the world? I mean, really today, now it's just being in the world. Mm. Right. So Mm. one of the things that I was thinking about is, there's so much tragedy going on in the world right now. And anger and rage is really what keeps us interested. It keeps Mm. us clicking, it keeps us scrolling, it keeps us connected to what's happening in the world because of this side and this side and people are angry and it keeps us captivated Mm. right the other thing about anger that i find so interesting is that it releases both adrenaline and dopamine and so the body then thinks anger is good it makes that assessment that oh anger is good for me and Anger serves a purpose, right? If we look at the uh, the nature, the nature, the wildlife, and the animal kingdom, we know that, for example, a mama bear will smack its cub if it's endangering itself or if it's hurting her, mm-hmm. and it it lasts for a second. They don't. She doesn't hold grudges. She doesn't bring it up a year later. You know, it's a very much. Uh, function, uh, functional 
emotion. Mm -hmm. We use it. We channel it. We don't let it control us. We control it. And then it moves, right? And I think Mm -hmm. I've said this before, and I can't actually, somebody out there knows where the actual study for this is, but that anger only lasts in your body for about a minute, Mm. about 60 seconds that sort of charge the emotion and then after that we make a a mental decision to continuously perpetuate the anger right Mm. so understanding all of these things why why am i even bringing it up is because when we start to really break anger down it's something that not only hurts us, but it could hurt the people around us. You know, like I said, anger is useful when it allows you to see something, right? To correct something or to let it be a catalyst to stand for something that you believe, but we can't let it Mm -hmm. control us. The minute that we engage with anger, we then become susceptible to its hold on us. Mm. right so i think i i've read also that there's 64 percent of people in the world say that the world has become an angrier place and i really do believe that we we can see it right i mean mm. we can see it all over social media we can see yeah. it all over the way that we're interacting in the world so those yeah. are a couple of things that came up for me i'm curious to hear what your experience with anger has been and what what kind of things you're observing during this time yeah yeah oh so much good stuff in there that i want to take and expound upon and you mentioned a couple of key words that i think are so pertinent to this very basic emotion of anger and i don't say basic in like a simple way, but it's like one of our main emotions that we draw from. Um, and it's important. And so the words that you mentioned were managing anger and anger as a tool. And so when I think about anger, and this is something that I feel like I'm just learning in my adult life and anger was never something that was safe for me and never felt like it was a safe emotion as a child. And even in my early adulthood, it just never felt like a safe emotion. And so managing anger and using anger as a tool is a way that I think about making it a safe emotion. So I have an excerpt from Tim Westfield, who's, he's the founder of emotional hygiene method. Um, and he's writing a book. And so this is an excerpt from his book. I don't know that his book actually has a title yet. It's like, I'm giving you all the sneak peek to this, but he talks about, um, four main emotions, anger, fear, sorrow, and joy. So I think this excerpt on anger is just so interesting as we dive more into this conversation. So I'll tell you. First, before we talk about anger specifically, I want to share the idea that emotions are tools we can use to increase safety. There are many different beliefs out in the world about our emotions, how they work, which ones are positive or negative, and which ones we're supposed to avoid. Just like any kind of home repair tool, you can have the wrong tool for the job, but there's nothing wrong with the tool itself. Similarly, there's no right or wrong emotion. They all have their unique purpose and they're all required to live a full and satisfying life. So anger shows up when there's a need for protection because we've perceived a threat. 
Anger is a tool that helps us set and defend our boundaries, protect ourselves and our loved ones and connect with others. When we aren't able to manage our anger tool, then it can become destructive, hurtful, and prevent connection. Anger that's well-mastered is controlled, generative, and inviting because it creates safety for us and the people around us. Anger requires expression, just like ocean waves have to break when they reach the shore. Our job is to learn healthy anger expression and wield our tool consciously and responsibly. One thing you can do to improve your quality of life is to work on allowing your own anger and become skillful at using it when it's needed. So that's the excerpt from Tim Westfeldt's book. And I think that last thing is really key. That last sentence, one thing you can do to improve your quality of life is to work on allowing your anger and becoming skillful at using it when it's needed. So he talks about our anger tool generally kind of unconsciously, I find at least in my experience will come online when I don't recognize a threat, when I don't recognize that my boundaries are being compromised, like someone's crossed the line with me and immediately I get upset or angry. Right. So it's important for me to acknowledge that allow my sensation of anger, my emotion of anger, but not to take it out on the other person to understand how to have a conversation and how to unleash the anger emotion when it's safe. Right. So there's like different ways I've practiced. I've worked with Tim on this actually one-on-one. Um, and there's different ways that we practice this unleashing the anger in a safe way. Um, my favorite <laughs> is to play this anger. Um, oh, it's, it's like playing it the no game. So it's like you and I, Rosie, we're having this conversation. You and I trust each other, right? Like we're in a safe environment. You know, that we're having this little experiment and all we're doing is saying no to each other. Like you say no to me. I say no back to you. No, 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 no. So when you're doing that, like do it with somebody that you love and you feel safe with, but when you're doing it, notice how you're feeling like Mm -hmm. what's coming up. Is there any charge? Is there any, um, emotion? Is there any anger there? Right. Mm -hmm. What happens? Mm -hmm. What I notice happens. So here's how I think of an emotion. Um, like you were talking about being able to turn anger off like 60 seconds after the emotion passes, you make a choice to either continue or turn it off but you have to be allowed to go through that full expression. Right. Right. That's the key to being able to turn it off and not stuffing it down inside of your body. I also want, want to use the term, instead of saying, turn it off, let's use the term dissipate because Mm. I feel often like we get crippled by, by the sort of expectation that we have to just let it go or have it turn Mm. off. I'm not a big fan of doing that with emotions. Emotions are like rolling waves. You have to let them run its course and have the experience. So I like the idea of dissipate as opposed to turning it off. Yeah, I love that. Okay, continue. Great excerpt. Yeah, so so it's the idea that we are in control of our anger, right? We get to decide. And it's not always a conscious choice, but it's a practice. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's like a practice and oh, the awareness of just like breathing, 
is something that happens automatically, but we can choose to consciously breathe. We can hopefully pause and notice when we're breathing a little bit short and shallow, when we want to deepen our breath. So tapping into these primary emotions in that way can be really helpful. Yes. And allowing yourself to go all the way through that emotion. Yes, I totally agree. And going back to the tools of mindfulness and meditation and why they are so important and poignant to being able to manage this because it takes practice. You can't just all of a sudden go from being, I'm going to do air quotes, an angry person to being now completely Zen and Mm -hmm. mindful and not letting things affect you. It takes practice to get there. It, It all, all that it takes is those few moments of pausing before saying something that you're going to regret or typing something in all caps or sending an unnecessary email to somebody. It really just takes that, that pausing to allow the emotion to run its course. The -hmm. other thing that I find interesting is how quickly and easily we're now not we're so compelled to go into anger because of the state of the world. Mm. We're constantly being fed tragedy porn all day long. And so it creates, in my opinion, and I am not a health mental health professional by any means, but in my opinion, it creates a very sort of desensitized, pessimistic way of approaching the world, which can feed into the feeling of anger because that anger does come from somewhere. And like you said, so beautifully was that anger serves a purpose. It allows us to protect. It allows us to set those boundaries. It it's a, a need. We need to have that emotion, but I think it's being able to place that emotion when it's necessary and know when to, allow it to dissipate when it's time for it to to be complete right that cycle yeah and there has to be a willingness to like acknowledge okay i've let this draw on have i released it in in a way that allows it a full expression in a safe way and can i now move on and choose something a little bit more uplifting, a little bit more helpful. And sometimes maybe that means turning off social media and not engaging with the news and watching like a heartwarming movie or reading a really good book or, you know, something that's something that's more, yeah, that's uplifting. I'm, I'm sorry. I don't mean to talk over you. I got got excited. I was like, yes, this is so, I mean, when I was sick, the last thing I wanted, it was so interesting because I know all of these things. I know that what you feed your brain, what you feed your body is so important when you're trying to heal. Mm -hmm. And so I chose to watch nothing that was too intense. Like I didn't want to watch any violence. I didn't want to see a documentary about global warming. Like I I didn't want to see any of that, not because I'm trying to bury my head in the sand all of these things are very important obviously but you know I usually like to watch a lot of crime shows and documentaries and I'm like none of that is going to make its way into my bubble at the moment I'm going to focus on just watching comedies rom-coms 
just things that were very light and that di that didn't feel too intense i limited my time on social media obviously like i didn't actually feel like even looking at a screen one of the big keys to optimal health is having good balanced blood sugar this is critical for staying fit and building lean muscle but what happens when you have that moment and you wolf down some of that ice cream? Your pancreas releases insulin, which tells your body there is plenty of energy, so now it's time to store fat. But here's the thing. It doesn't matter whether you eat ice cream or you drink a glass of orange juice. Processed carbohydrates from chips to crackers to donuts all have a similar effect on your blood sugar. When you take in a lot of carbs too quickly without much fiber to slow down absorption, you'll experience a blood sugar spike followed by the sugar crash, which leads to low energy, brain fog, and weight gain. And due to the addictive nature of sugar and carbs, which plenty of you have heard me talk about, once your body brings your blood sugar levels back down, that's when the cravings kick in. And if you give those cravings your energy and your attention, the whole cycle starts all over again. So I hope you can see how important it is to maintain healthy blood sugar levels. The question is, how do you do it? Well, one of the ways is to reduce your intake of processed carbs and make sure you eat whole foods that contain fat, protein, and fiber. But none of us are perfect. We all have our little vacations sometimes, especially around birthdays or holidays, or you know, you're having a Sunday afternoon and you just wanna have a snack accident. So it just makes sense to have a way to maintain a balanced blood sugar day in and day out, even if you're celebrating or enjoying a nice cheat day. That's why I recommend a product called Blood Sugar Breakthrough by Bioptimizers. This easy to take supplement is a result of numerous tests to find the absolute best formula for maintaining healthy blood sugar. In fact, Bioptimizers went through five different formulations before landing on this particular one. All you have to do is take a couple of capsules 15 minutes before a meal to safely control your blood sugar. The best part is it works even if you splurge or you have a snack accident. By taking blood sugar breakthrough before meals, you'll avoid the worst effects of high blood sugar. For an exclusive offer for our listeners, just head over to www.bloodsugarbreakthrough.health forward slash radically love 10 and use the code RADICALLYLOVE10 to save 10% off when you try Blood Sugar Breakthrough. So go to www.bloodsugarbreakthrough.health forward slash RADICALLYLOVE10 to get your exclusive 10% offer plus the chance to get more than $50 worth of supplements for free. You can also head to the info button of this podcast to go directly to the link. A small shout out to Bioptimizers for your continued and devoted support of the Radically Loved podcast. This episode is brought to you by Sakara. Now it's the time to seek pleasure in all areas of your life, including what you eat. You want to stay healthy, but you also want to actually enjoy your meals. With Sakara, you get nutritious meals that nourish your body without ever sacrificing taste. Sakara is a nutrition company that focuses on overall wellness, starting with what you eat. Their organic, ready-to-eat meals are made with powerful plant-based ingredients and are designed to minimize your sugar cravings, boost your energy, improve your digestion, and get your skin glowing. Along with delicious, plant-rich meals, Sakara also offers daily wellness essentials like supplements and herbal teas to support your nutrition. Experience their best-selling Metabolism Super Powder and Metabolism Super Bar to control sugar cravings, reduce bloating, 
boosts energy, and reduce fatigue. Sakara has received rave reviews from Vogue, Goop, The New York Times, and more. And right now, Sakara is offering our listeners 20% off of their first order when they go to sakara.com forward slash loved or enter the code loved at checkout. That's Sakara, S-A-K-A-R-A dot com slash loved to get 20% off of your first order. Sakara.com forward slash loved. I can't believe that summer is almost over. Fortunately, one of the perks of living in Southern California is that it lasts for a couple more months, weeks, months. And when it comes to dressing for the hot weather, I always like to find those pieces that I could just wear over and over so I don't have to think about anything. And that's where Faraday comes in. Faraday is a family-run brand making high-quality, timeless clothing with modern design and functionality. You know when you're searching for that ideal outfit, that set, that shirt, that dress, for me, it's the unit, it's the jumpsuit, something that feels like you've had it for years. Maybe it's a beautiful print that fits so perfectly, that feels too good to be vintage, but it still kind of looks like it might be. Well, that's Faraday. And I know it's been warm, but I've been rocking that Overland Twill jumpsuit that I know is going to be my uniform for this fall. The jumpsuit has this really cool workwear-inspired fit, and it feels like it's actually been worn in. Faraday is so confident in their quality that they have a lifetime guarantee. They'll replace or fix any clothes forever, no matter what. And to top it all off, Faraday is giving all the Radically Loved listeners 20% off, 20 20% off. So stock up on all your clothes this summer now. Head to FaritayBrand.com and use the code LOVED at checkout to get that 20% off of all of your gear this fall. That's code L-O-V-E-D at Faraday, F-A-H-E-R-T-Y brand.com for 20% off. But one of the things I found interesting while I was researching this topic, in, in 2012, there was a study published by the Cognitive Behavioral behavior therapy researchers, and they found that anger exacerbates symptoms of anxiety disorders. Mm. And so I just kept thinking of the huge epidemic. Is it an epidemic? People having anxiety? It feels like it, it doesn't gosh. it? It yeah. feels like every single person I know has struggled. And this is something I've talked about openly since I was a teenager. I've I suffered from debilitating panic attacks. I was on medication for many years for panic attacks. And it wasn't until getting sick this last time I hadn't experienced a panic attack in like 20 years or something. It, mm -hmm. it had been a very long time. I'd even felt like I was, I'm going to do air quotes again, cured from it. Like I was never going to experience, I've had panic before, but I'd never experienced having an episode like I did when I was a teenager where it was extremely crippling until I got really sick. And mm -hmm. I noticed there were so many emotions, so much displaced, incomplete emotions. And for me as a person who you knows the tools, has the, the, support system to be able to process all of these different uh, emotions, all of these different feelings, I still felt like I couldn't do it. You know, and I think going back to what I was saying earlier about the the anger and, and how we repress it sometimes, I think that has a lot to do with it as well. I'm not saying I was sitting there like, oh, I'm really angry. I was really angry. I was angry at myself. I was angry at just 
getting COVID. I was angry at everybody. You know, it was just this whole thing that experience continuously exacerbated the feeling of being unwell. So I think one of the most important things that I wanted to do for this conversation was to talk about how we can actually harness anger and we can look at it and treat it like a friend as opposed to treat it like something that's bad or something that is that we want to push down or we want to let go of it's an emotion that we have it's natural what's not natural is allowing other people to be the focus of your anger and attacking other people and not creating an environment of healing and love and kindness and i know it's in a way i feel like it's easy for me to say that because i've already gone through it but I think that everybody, if everybody focused more on what they currently have and the things that are bringing them joy and the remembrance of being spiritual beings and having that connection to something bigger, it allows us to dig into the ground and be more open-hearted to the greater good of our community of our people you know all yeah. i wanted to do when i was in that state was try and reach out to other people that were going through it because i want i felt helpless i wanted to help someone you know mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah i love that i love what you said about when when emotion like that that comes up that is often unwanted looking at it from the lens of a friend like this is a helpful tool and when I think about that, it, yeah, it's hard to pause in that moment and be like, oh, I'm having a friendly reminder from my uh, anger tool. <laughs> What's my anger tool trying to tell me right now? Yeah. But the I think the key is, is like in those moments of reflection, like what you're doing, what we're doing right now, we're reflecting on when you were having this feeling of anger, what was the helpful lesson in there, right? Like, so... If we agree that anger is, um, and you don't have to agree with this, right? Like, but if you agree that anger is a tool that when it comes up, maybe a boundary was crossed, maybe you are unsafe, maybe you feel the need to protect yourself, that gives you an opportunity and a lens to go back in time and learn something. And then in the future, it gets easier and easier to make a wiser choice. It gets easier and easier to pause and choose a conscious reaction, instead of unleashing that anger, maybe on somebody you love or who you didn't, didn't really need to be the recipient of your anger. Right. Yeah. So I love that anger yes. as a friend. I, yes, I've never had an angry interaction that I didn't want to take back. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> never in my life have I had an angry interaction where I look back now and say, man, I'm really glad that I snapped at that person. I'm really glad I sent that email or I'm really glad I sent that text. It, it mm. just, it, it, every single one, I, I know you can't regret what's done is done, but I, I pray that I continue to remember those things anytime I have that surge of anger or I feel like I really strongly at a cellular level disagree with something that you're 
posting (laughs) or something. (laughs) I, I have to really think about it in terms of how, how is this serving my highest good? How is this serving my community? One of the other, uh, cause you know, when I, when I start thinking about anger, I go straight to mindfulness and Buddhism because I feel like they have the best way of metaphorically explaining the process, the spiritual process of anger and just different ways to have a a different vantage point. If, if we take an opportunity to really pull ourselves back and use our peripheral vision to see the entire picture not just laser focus on the one thing or the one person that's irritating you mm-hmm. we can see the world as a whole and that we're all connected that we are all here trying to just do our best to live a happy life to be joyful to be connected to build community and in all of those all of those different things that make us feel good this quote uh, said, it, it is better to conquer yourself than to win a thousand battles, then the victory is yours. Mm. So I love that because so much of the anger right now that I've seen on play out on social media with this person attacking this person and then this person's getting canceled and this person 10 years ago liked this person's post, it, it's just, it's too convoluted for me Mm -hmm. like why are we spending so much time focusing on this instead of focusing on a solution instead of focusing on how to listen to each other how to empathize with each other how to understand each other on a deeper level as opposed to just out in the world and and again i'm really focusing this whole idea of anger with the current state of the world is specifically in social on social media because that's where i've Notice that I've gotten ang- angriest <laughs> mm, <yeah. laughs> or, you know, I mean, obviously some of the news of the world and all, all these other things, but I've noticed it there for myself mostly. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I just, I'm, I'm very compelled by the idea that we can disengage and take some time to self-reflect, to notice what our edges are and to to understand what our boundaries are maybe it's people that you need to mute people you need to block or people that you just need to stop searching even though you don't follow them but you're searching them out because you want to see what the latest is Mm -hmm. in their unfolding drama of the world we need to bring our focus back into our lives. So much of why we feel incomplete or why we feel unsatisfied with our own experience is because we're not present with it. We're mm-hmm. too busy focused on what everybody else is doing. Yeah. And I think that really plays into what you said earlier about being kind of, it's almost like we're kind of caught up in this loop. So what you look for is what you're going to find, right? Exactly. So, are you able to notice that you're stuck in this kind of negative behavior, this negative habit, this negative cycle? And can you, what, what pulls you out of it? Like, how do you stop? And when you're going down that rabbit hole in social media, through feeds, through anger, and you're feeling your body tighten, what do you do to stop it and notice, oh gosh, I need to get off of this thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. God, I mean, what do really- you do? 
Oh, are you asking me? Yeah, I'm asking oh, you. Oh, God, that's a, I mean, it's a great question. I thought we were asking the audience. I think it's important for the audience to also ask themselves that question. Yeah, that um, too. Yes. You know, it's such an interesting thing because I noticed it a lot more for me, not so much now, but when I was going through the fertility stuff and, I, you know, when I was first kind of starting and I'd had a, a couple of miscarriages and I was feeling totally defeated and all the all the feels and I've talked about this at length so I don't necessarily want to go into that topic right this second but I I felt the angriest when I would see other people posting their pregnancies or they you know they're having children or people posting baby pictures all of those really created this uh, deep anger and not at the people but at myself right so mm -hmm. it was just this really deep feeling of i'm just angry at myself at god at whoever's responsible for this right mm -hmm. and i noticed that the first thing i was able to do to disengage from that was to disengage i took a break <laughs> i took a long break off of social media i stopped engaging with the outside world and just brought all of my energy back into myself into what I was doing so my advice especially with the way things are right now we are in the midst of this global pandemic and we are more divided than ever um this is my pessimistic way of viewing it right this is why I feel it's such an important topic I do believe that we can come back from this. I do believe that we can feel more united and we can feel more connected. But the number one thing I would say is take a break. Stop scrolling. Stop clicking. Just take a break. And then what's left? I would be curious to ask people, what do you do with that extra time now? How are you filling that space? Are you spending your time working? Are you spending your time reading? Are you spending your time with your family? Are you going for walks? Are you moving your body? Are you able to meditate? Are you, what, all of those, those different tools really help move out of that angry, intense, constricted, you're not breathing space. That mm -hmm. anger that really lives in your body that goes into your being where you feel so angry and it just feels so fiery right mm -hmm. so to be able to bring your attention and it's hard I and mean, it's not easy to bring your attention to the things that that are going to direct you to feeling your life at the moment your life is happening right now your life it isn't yesterday it's not happening tomorrow we don't know tomorrow is not promised my friends mm it's happening right now and so how do we bring that energy back into this moment so that we can remember i mean that's what the yoga sutras say yoga begins now and now and now and now it happens in the present in the present is the only time that we can ever experience the divine you don't experience joy for a second. it's like how do we how do we bring our experience to come back to the present moment we don't we experience joy in the present not in the past not in the future we experience it now 
And I don't know about you, but for me, especially after going through COVID, the last thing I want to do is waste time on shit that's not making me feel good and topics that aren't going to serve my highest good. I told you about this thing that's happened that I'm still navigating this sort of low grade depression that happened, this sort of sadness, this feeling of deep reflection. It is definitely a transformative experience and I am not the same person I was uh, four weeks ago, that's for sure. But I know that what I went through really helped put things back into perspective for me and I'm grateful for the experience. I don't ever want to be sick again. I don't ever want to experience it again. But I am grateful for the experience because it's sort of, we need these little nudges. Mm -hmm. It's like, there's a reason why you're, you're the, you listener. That's the reason, there's a reason why you're listening to this right now. This isn't by chance. This conversation didn't just, oh, it just happened. It's so weird that I'm listening to Rosie and Tessa talk about this. There's a reason for it. I really do believe that there is little nudges from the universe. I'm also not going to go into the topic of everything happens for a reason because I have my own opinions on that. We've talked about that before. But I do believe that the universe, God's source, gives us little nudges that say, hey, pay attention. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I've been thinking a lot lately about so what I've been experiencing in the world right now is like palpable. And I think that probably I started off angry about it and then it turned into fear for me. And so, you know, fear over the future, fear over global warming, fear, fear over all of these things we're experiencing collectively. And what's been really helping me with that living with it and understanding that like, I'm doing the best I can. I'm doing the little things that I can do is connection and not to, to come back to the conversation of like the polarizing effect that it feels like we have come to in our society right now on social media and is the connection that we're all human. You know, we're all having this human experience together. And probably the result of all this crazy madness behavior is we're all scared, like with yes. good reason, right? Oh my goodness. So I've been practicing saying hello to people in the morning, like trying to make eye contact. Number one, I'm walking by somebody on the street, trying to make eye contact, smiling, saying hello. Um, you know, I've been ex- inspired to make that human connection. And when you do that, it's like, oh, there's an actual he- living human being that feels and experiences emotions just like you and I do on the other end of this conversation. Um, I think you said you mentioned that like the last time we talked or maybe it was on Instagram that like remember that, you know, on the other end of your text message, your um, email, your comment is a person with feelings. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the other way that that the other thing that's been helping me a lot is to just voice these, like my husband is such a talk about like a rock. (laughs) I talk to him about all of these fears and this anger. And he's like, he just listens and he's such a good sounding board. So hopefully you have somebody like that in your life who you can just kind of, I don't know, call it vent, call it 
um, voice your fears, voice your anger, you know, not taking it out on them, but like, Hey, this is scaring me. This makes me upset. Like I just need somebody to hear and witness it with me. Even if that means writing in your journal about it. Right. Yes. So that's what's been helping me lately. No, that's great. This is another tool I think is writing it down being able to write it out in the morning. You know, I write every morning after my meditation practice uh, and I try and do 500 words a day, even mm-hmm. if it's just nonsense. Um, I, I've definitely missed, I've, I've done my best to do every day and I'm still working on trying to do it every day. But as much as I can, it's so helpful to just get just, you know, word vomit on the page of just how you're feeling, what you're looking forward to, maybe a fear that you have. And yes, you're, I'm just, I so can relate to what you just said about the fear and we're all scared. And I think that it's way more vulnerable and it feels way more exposed instead of to, to type, I'm really scared mm-hmm. and I don't know what I'm supposed to believe mm-hmm. than it is to say, you're wrong you're, you know, this is a, so this is not intelligent content or whatever, instead of saying, Hey, I hear you. I'm here for you. I'm scared. I know you're scared too. Mm-hmm. It's a lot more. Yeah. It, it, it doesn't feel safe for some reason, exposing ourselves in that way. But I really feel that we will garner a deeper connection with our fellow humans if we do I love what you're doing and it reminded me I'm like I know you guys haven't heard this interview yet but we do have a guest that's going to talk about what Tessa's talking about soon and I, I can't wait it's oh, so good spoiler I alert I know yeah. I love that you just said that so I think that that's it for now I hope that you gained some value for yourself I hope this helped in some way shape or form if this is something that really spoke to you, maybe share it with a friend. And please, if you can, you can leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast. They really help. Also, to piggyback on what Tessa said, if you don't have a person to express yourself to, you can always send it to info at radicallyloved.com and we will be happy to respond to you, to engage with you. This is where you can ask questions, anything really comments concerns you can you know some of you love emailing there you know that i respond or tessa responds so please continue we we love to hear your thoughts uh the only thing we don't take is guest pitches on there guys and it's very stated very clearly on my website but just putting that disclaimer on here so i think that's it tessa is there anything else that you'd like to leave the listeners with I think there's one short thing. I'll, I'll keep it concise. Okay, let's see. So the one thing I learned from my dad when I was growing up about anger, he expressed it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> he had kind of a temper. So he did the work, though, to, to acknowledge when his temper was flaring up to come back and apologize to me, to have some humility. And I think that took so much courage Wow. From the perspective of being the adult, the patriarch, you know, the 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 man in the family, yes. you know, the provider, to come and say, "Hey, Tessa, I was wrong. I'm sorry. I'm sorry if I hurt your feelings. Um, I was feeling upset and angry for X, Y, and Z reason, and 
I, I took it out on you and I'm sorry. So give yourself the opportunity to do the right thing. You know, if you lashed out on some at someone and you, you're feeling bad about it, it's if it's an interpersonal relationship that matters to you, it's never too late to say I'm sorry. Ever, ever. Thank you so much for that. Oh, thank you. Thank you all so much for listening. We love you and we're here. Don't ever forget that you are radically supported and radically loved. And we are so excited to be back on Friday. Hey, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I am so excited to continue to do this. Please share this with your friends. Email us. Message us on Instagram at Rosie Acosta or on Twitter at Rosie Acosta. Subscribe on iTunes. Write a review. We love doing this, so please help us continue to keep this podcast going. Thanks for listening.